Dinkum, mate. Fancy seeing you here. You're listening to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, the podcast where in each episode we talk about a game that we've been playing from our backlog. I am your host, Adam, and today I am joined by my co-host. He once had really long hair and was a soldier until he got inseminated by an alien sperm. He is now bald. Please welcome Kieran. Oh, fair dinkum, mate. Thanks for the introduction. (laughs) (laughs) You know. You're bloody welcome. Say what? (laughs) You're bloody welcome? You're bloody welcome, mate. Oh, mate, you're a a right shit cunt. (laughs) (laughs) All right now, all right. Settle settle down, calm your farm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's, it's, you know, the part about me being uh, inseminated... By an alien sperm and having long hair, that's true. But I was never a soldier. Let's let's not <laughs> let's not be mistaken there. True. You're you were just the uh the water boy. Yeah. You'd run out and hand up bottles of water to people on the battlefield. It's important. Someone's <laughs> gotta do it. You've got to keep those yeah. class G soldiers hydrated. Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, now that that's out of the way. How's your week? Nah, how's your how's your two weeks been? Feels like a month, man. Oh. Yeah. How you going? I will tell you what, man, it's going all right. I've um it's not actually it's been it's been miserable. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I'll tell you what, this this whole full time work shenanigans, it's not for me. I hate it. This I, I want my free time back, man. I want my free time back. I understand. Yeah. It's working full time means means like I have no time for games. And then when I do play games, I'm just tired and want to go to bed. Oh, being an adult sucks. I know, I know. But hey, now that you have money, you can buy more hookers. That's true. We, we've got to look on the bright side. Exactly. But yeah, man, aside from working uh, and playing games, I have watched the entirety of the Cobra Kai series on Netflix. Oh, nice. That was, uh, I feel like that's my biggest achievement this month. It was kind of trash in places, kind of funny at, t- at times. Not sure if I recommend <laughs> it or not, but it's kind of... An easy watch, and that's what I needed right now. Very nice. Hmm. Well, I, on the other hand, oh, a couple of big, big pieces of news for me. Mm-hmm. Remember when your screen got broken on your phone, so you had to get a new phone or whatever? Oh, I do. Yes. Yeah. Well, now I have a new phone. <gasps> I saw this on your on your Instagram story. It's a fancy new iPhone. <laughs> it is. I got an iPhone Pro Max. I th- I think that's what it is. An iPhone Prolapse. Interesting. <laughs> An iPhone prolapse, <laughs> and um, anyway, so the the charging port on my o- iPhone Seven Plus fucking cocked it, mate. So it doesn't, doesn't work anymore. I just can't charge it. So I figured I might as well get the latest and greatest model, and then that'll last me another five years, and I just won't upgrade until this one cocks it. So yeah, new fancy phone. Um, I don't use any of the fancy features on it. <laughs> just <laughs> might as well have gotten an old phone because. Besides, like, having a better-looking camera, they're, they're all basically the same, I think. I kind of wish that my 7 Plus wasn't broken, because I'd just keep using that instead. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing about my, my laptop that I'm using right now. It's, like, it's 10 years old now. It's probably over 10 years old, I don't even know. Yeah. But until that completely dies, I have no reason to upgrade, really. Aside from, like, a, a quicker quicker system in general, which would be nice. Yeah, me too. Mine's, mine's a 2012 Mac. Book Pro Retina. Mm. So I've only needed to repair it once, um, but otherwise it's lasted me this long, and it's probably going to last a few more years, I think. And I'm just not going to upgrade until until it's dead. Yeah. But anyway, another piece of big news. Mm-hmm. 
I am going to be employed by the time that this episode comes out. So I will also have a full-time job. Yay. Which means this will be our last episode. <laughs> yep. We're <Just> retiring. <laughs> no, we're not. We're getting a <laughs> podcast pension. Oh, God, could you imagine? <laughs> I fucking wish. Should government pay us a pension for podcasting? That would be amazing. I think we deserve, we deserve it, man. Yeah, we do deserve it's it. high-quality content. <laughs> well, funny story, actually. After our last episode, we went slightly viral in Great Britain. Did we? Just in Great Britain? Yeah, well, not uh. viral, more like a, a, a toothache or something, but we had a big spike of listeners that were just in Great Britain. That's good, and... I, I must admit, it was actually just me. I, I downloaded it 150,000 times and, and just listened to it over and over again. Well, whatever you're doing, you have to do it again for this episode. So <laughs> that way we'll be successful. Other than that, not much to report. Oh, my hands are better. They don't hurt anymore. Oh, your carpal tunnel syndrome is gone. Yeah, my RSI or whatever the hell was going on with my hands. What about the hemorrhoids? Uh, they're okay. I just push them back in and then okay. they disappear for a while and yeah. I don't see them again until I'm constipated. Shove them under the carpet, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, they're non-existent, by the way. I don't actually have hemorrhoids. Um, I have a swollen anus for other reasons, but... Uh... <laughs> as the great painter Bob Ross once said, the key to a swollen anus is courage. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Bob Ross. <laughs> um, speaking of swollen anuses, what are we playing this week? We have been playing the most swollen of anuses. It's your boy, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final Fantasy VII Remake is a 2020 action role-playing game developed and published by Square Enix. It is the first in a planned series of games remaking the 1997 PlayStation game Final Fantasy VII and is set in a dystopian cyberpunk metropolis of Midgar. Players take control of the mercenary Cloud Strife as he joins Avalanche, an eco-terrorist group trying to stop the powerful megacorporation Shinra from using the planet's life essence as an energy source. I never really considered this game to be cyberpunk. No, I didn't either. Yeah. I, can, I mean, I guess I can see, see why they might say that at times. It's a very industrial, bleak city, but... Yeah, I don't get much cyber from it. No. Just like dingy... Yeah. It just looks industrial to me. Yeah, me too. Whoever writes these Wikipedia pages, I find, for a couple of episodes now, don't get it right. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of controversy on the old Wikipedia. Fucking liars. In any case, the game was directed by your main man, <laughs> Tetsuya Nomura, who is, of course, famous for being the character designer for a lot of Final Fantasy games, and also the director for, I think it's all of the Kingdom Hearts games. Is he the belt man? Yes, he is the reason why everything has belts and buckles. Well, belts are useful, man. If if you didn't have them, sometimes your pants might fall down. <laughs> oh, if you don't have pants, just wear belts. I'm going to call him Tetsu because we're that close. My boy Tetsu and me, <laughs> we know the, the importance of belts. So can't blame him for wanting to use them in his character design. That's all I'm saying. 
I have a sneaking suspicion that when he was a child, his father used to smack him on the ass with a belt, and now he's developed his fetish for belts because he has some kind of subconscious Freudian thing going on in his mind. Yeah. Maybe he started off hating it, but then later on in his life, he'd be like, hit me harder, daddy. Yeah. And then he got um, kicked out of his family, but <laughs> his, his fear and love of belts remained. He probably can't even get hard unless he has a belt around his neck. Instead of saying stop, he says, hit me no more. <laughs> my old man laugh (laughs) Uh, thank you I'll be here all week all the air escaping my (laughs) decrepit lungs (laughs) yeah (laughs) alright we have we have spoken about in the past when we've talked about other Final Fantasy games what our history with the franchise is but specifically what's your history with the original Final Fantasy 7 um I played it back in the day. That's what I'll say. I don't even remember when it was. I came to it after playing 8 and 9. Yeah. And so, because I think they are superior games in many ways, I couldn't really get into 7. And as such, I'd never finished it when I played it originally. And then I came back to it, I don't know, maybe like 2015 or something like that. I don't think I beat it then, to be honest. I think I got mm. a lot further. I remember playing for, you know, probably like... 20 hours i can't remember exactly what point but i never finished it so um yeah i do i do know the story and the ending just because uh who doesn't but yeah never never finished the original game yeah look me too um so when i got my playstation one i got it towards the end of its life cycle so final fantasy 9 was already out so i got 9 and 7 at the same time and obviously 9 being the prettier graphics yeah. i played that one first and the fantasy style was more appealing to me so i went with final fantasy 9 and ended up loving it to the point where it's my favorite game um in the series and i also tried to tandemly play 7 but i was just put off so much by the the polygon character models yeah and i'm really not into like heavy industrial style stories so midgar was not appealing to me Um, I did eventually play it all the way to the end where you're in the crater and you're about to go up against Sephiroth. That's not a spoiler, by the way. I mean, it is, but fucking who who doesn't know that Sephiroth is the final boss in Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. Point being, I got up to the crater. I got up to the part where I was supposed to go and fight Sephiroth and I just gave up. I was like, (laughs) can't be bothered. (laughs) I just never went back to it. And um, so, I gave up then and there, and then I remember I downloaded Final Fantasy VII off of the PSN store for PlayStation 3. Jeez, must have been like four or five years ago. And I played it up to the start of the third disc, I think. I'm pretty sure I came back from outer space, and then I also gave up around then as well because I just got bored. So, I've never finished it, but I did end up looking up what happens in the end as far as like what happens after you beat Sephiroth in, in the crater. And I have seen and own Advent Children Final Fantasy VII on DVD, which I rewatched today. Oh, right. And I've also played Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII on PSP and finished it. And I actually liked that one the most. Yeah, I have Crisis Core. And I've only played probably like two hours of that one. Uh, it's just a shame. Yeah. I would like to go back to it. It kind of looks cool. Um, and Advent Children, yeah, I've seen that too. And bizarrely, I actually own that on PSP UMD. Ooh. UMD movies. <laughs> That's probably worth something nowadays on eBay. I really doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, that film, I, I enjoyed it purely on the basis that it was kind of cool at the time when I saw it when yeah. I was a bit younger. 
but did I understand anything that was going on? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I rewatched it today partially. It was it was more on in the background while I was playing something on my 3DS. And um, I enjoyed some of the action scenes and stuff, but it got really, really hard to follow what was happening on screen at points. And story-wise, I just kind of gave up on trying to understand it. I get the general gist of it, but I'm like, nah, whatever, pass. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not in love with that either. Anyway, long story short, I am not a big Final Fantasy VII fanboy, never really have been, and I take it it's the same for you. It's exactly the same. Like when you said you're not too keen on the whole industrial fantasy world of Midgar that is the same for me and that was one of the big kind of stopping points for me when I originally played the game the original game uh that yeah. I just didn't really like being stuck in this big bleak city oh yeah and so the fact that part one of the remake is all in that big bleak city uh-huh was already a big downer for me and I didn't I, I didn't actually know that that was all the game was <laughs> coming in Really? You didn't know that like when you started playing it this I time? Knew, I knew it was part one, but I just assumed they, they left Midgar and like, I don't know, yeah. just got a bit into the world or something. I didn't realize it was just all going to be set in Midgar. Okay. Yeah. Look, I, I did know it was all going to be in Midgar. I was never happy about it. For those that are uninitiated and don't know what we're talking about, Final Fantasy VII Remake is now going to be released episodically, similar to the way that Final Fantasy XIII was released in three parts. However, the difference between that is Final Fantasy XIII did not have a game that it was being remade from, so it's not splitting the story into different parts. It's more of a continuation. This is like cutting the original story into pieces and then giving it to you in episodes. And Midgar in the original game equates to about six hours of gameplay compared to a total <laughs> of maybe 40 hours of total length. And yeah. they've taken the, that spot and then expanded that into 35 hours of gameplay for the remake. And you can absolutely tell that they have fucking padded the shit out of it. Yeah. But before I go further into that, I just want to say my personal protest about this game. So when this was announced, I was 100% pissed off that they had even considered releasing this episodically. And it seemed like it was a money-grabbing tactic. Like, oh, this is our best franchise or our, our best-selling game or most loved entry into the franchise and our last few games haven't performed that well so how about we just take it and we split it into chapters like fucking harry potter and the deathly hallows or some shit and then <laughs> try and make as much bank off of this series as we can because we're struggling here that's how i interpreted it and it seemed to me to be like a really shitty business tactic so i instinctively refused to buy it when it was first announced even though i wanted to see the the original game with fancier graphics retold but I wasn't going to buy it because I decided that I'd wait until all of the entries were released before I binge them or whatever. Yeah. But since it was out on PSN, I was like, okay, fine. I'm not spending any money. I do want to see what's up. I will play it. And I'm glad I didn't spend any money on it, to be perfectly honest. But it's not all bad. Yeah. You know, I have um, sort of like a comparison. Yeah. Which I think is pretty fitting for this. It's how I feel about the Hobbit films that Peter Jackson did. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, how you think of the Lord of the Rings trilogy being like one of the best trilogies of all time. And then you get the Hobbit, which is a small book, probably like half the size of the first Lord of the Rings book. And then he stretches it out into three really long films, adding tons of stuff and kind of making like films that have occasional good bits, mm. but are far too long, far too padded out and have a lot of unnecessary stuff. 
yeah. and equate to just being three very average long films. That's kind of how I feel about a lot of this game. Yeah, me too. Well, let's just like jump into it straight out and talk about our grievances because I, I'm not going to chat about some of the smaller parts and pretend everything is fine and then get into it later on. So, full disclosure to anyone that's listening, if you are a huge fan of the remake, you might be a little bit upset what I'm going to say at least. <laughs> but all in all, this game needed to be 15 hours shorter. It's 35 hours. It feels too goddamn long and it moves way too slowly. Even the character movement, just walking around, feels like you're walking in mud. Oh, it was such a slog to get through. It was annoying. It, yeah. it felt like I was in a dream where you're trying to run away from someone, but your, your feet are made of cement. Have you ever had those dreams? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really like weird. It's really weird. Oh, I hated that. That's my biggest grievance out of everything is just the it was so slow. There's so much unnecessary shit in here that you have to wade through to get to the good bits. And there are good bits. I will say that I did enjoy myself in certain parts of this game, but maybe 60% of it, I wanted to gouge my eyes out or just <laughs> put the controller down and never come back. It was very frustrating. Likewise. And I think it doesn't help that at times we were sort of marathon in the game, or no, I was, to get it finished in time so we could record this episode. Yeah. I, I think maybe I would have enjoyed it if I had spread it out a little bit longer rather than just playing like a couple hours every day because then you really start to feel the padding. You really start to see the, the errors in the game and, and what makes it just full of filler material and you're just like... I don't need this right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I would have hated it more that way, spreading it out rather than marathoning it. Yeah, I guess the the only plus side to marathoning it really is that you finish it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing. I am very much a person which is like, if I need to do something, I have to do it straight away. And yeah. when this game started feeling like a chore, then it felt like something that I needed to conquer and get done with rather than something I was playing for a, an enjoyment factor. So... Once I'd finished one chapter and I'm like, okay, fuck me. That was so boring. That took so long. Let me just push through the next one and then maybe it'll get a bit better later on. But if, if I keep pushing and pushing, at least I'm getting closer to the end and maybe something along the way will be better. But, oh, man, I just, it's too goddamn long, too goddamn slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I particularly had an issue with the the slow walking at times where the game would take control of you. Like, you, it would force you to walk. Yeah. Uh, and I guess part of this is probably because they're just, like, using it as a, a loading screen almost. Like, you walk when they're trying to load the rest of the area that you're going into, that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's tedious as hell. It's And it happens so often, too. Yeah, they definitely do that for the parts where Cloud is, like, moving between a small gap yeah, ducking under something to get to another area. Yeah, that's hiding the load screen. I get that. That's cool. Whatever. But once yeah. they have used it 40 times, <laughs> then you're just like, come on, man. How does anyone in Midgar get around with all these small passages? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any yeah. fucking sense. Yeah. And there's a lot of inconsistencies with the fact that like in some scenes, in cutscenes or whatever, you see Cloud and all the others jumping around, doing like backflips, jumping off a 40 foot building. Yeah. And then they, they, like, can't get past this little thing in the road. It's <laughs> just like, this does not make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of inconsistencies, I, I swear after after we sort of verbal diarrhea some of our grievances, mm -hmm. we'll get on to, like, a more, more yeah. of a structured conversation. But yes. speaking of inconsistencies, having watched Advent Children today, 
in that movie, they show how big Midgar is and how many people are in there. And in certain sections in this game, there's a threat that a whole sector might be destroyed. But when you're actually in gameplay and in that sector, it is such a small, confined space and there are so few characters there that it does not give you the sense that this is actually a, a living city filled with actual people. And there are other sections as well where it shows you... Um, Midgar as a whole, like in a in a horizon, sort of like off in the distance, it shows you how many buildings are there, how many buildings of rubble are there, and it, it looks like a huge like city's worth of people, like millions of people, but you only ever see maybe like forty NPCs in one section, even if that's like the busiest section in the game. It just feels like it's not real. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Anyway, and I've I've just seen too many people compliment it, be like, oh, the NPCs feel so much more alive. I'm like. Well, yeah, so much more alive compared to the original Final Fantasy, not so much more alive compared to any other game out there. You know? Yeah, it's it's totally true. And actually, it reminded me a bit of like the, or well, the NPCs reminded me a bit of like how they were in the Final Fantasy 13 uh, games. Yes. How they would be there and they'd be making comments as you walk by. But other than that, they were just like nothing. This game reminded me so much of Final Fantasy Thirteen in points. Yeah, people have drawn the comparisons, like especially yeah, considering sure. the the corridor type of stuff. But um, as far as like general interaction with the world and the UI is concerned, I have hated the last few Final Fantasies and the way that they've done that. Like the icons for hold down triangle to activate oh, something. Man. That was so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> it was more the fact that it took goddamn ages to. To hold it, you have to hold it for two, three seconds to activate like a switch. Yeah. You just want to press it once. But that icon, that triangle yeah. icon has been recycled since 13 and 15. And I hate the style that they're using. It's it's mm. ugly to me. It seems cheap and ugly and I don't like it. It's the sort of thing that you wouldn't think really matters, but it comes up so often that you start to notice it and get really annoyed at it. Yeah. And the NPCs are fucking uggo, but we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> they so are. Yeah. Okay. All right, now that... Now yeah, that we need some structure. Where, where are we going? Okay, yeah, that's off my chest. Let's start off with the graphics then. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> Strap yourselves in. <laughs> We're going. <laughs> okay, the game starts out looking fucking beautiful. It's They've put a lot of effort into the very first couple of chapters to make the game look as beautiful as possible. And for the most part, it does. Character models generally look really good. The FMV sequences are there like in classic Final Fantasy games and they look impeccable. They're gorgeous. There's one at towards the end of the game, which is jaw-droppingly beautiful. Actually, there's a ton of them towards the end of the game that are jaw-droppingly beautiful. But for as good as all of those things are, it makes such a stark contrast when you see how low resolution some of the backgrounds are, like how shitty some of the textures are in the general environment and the faces of the NPCs. It's it left me speechless most of the time. I'm like, I can't believe how beautiful some parts of this game is and how fucking ugly some other parts are. Blows my mind. Yeah. There's a part in one of the later chapters, maybe like chapter 15, where you are up above on one of the upper layers of Midgar. Yes. And you're looking you're looking down and you can see, see the lower levels. And you can see that it just looks like a like a picture yeah flat uh, texture just like yeah a flat textured picture with like no dynamics or anything you you might see some like fire in the distance and some smoke that they've just put in but it looks really weird it's just, it's reminiscent of like the truman show esque how the sky is just a <laughs> backdrop that you can touch yeah 
uh, it's not real. It's not there. That's what <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's really weird. Absolutely. And that specific chapter as well. I was like, you know, that actually gave me fucking motion sickness. That chapter because you were climbing up shit, and the way the camera was moving around, and there's so much going on in the background and the foreground that I actually felt woozy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I had to turn off motion blur because I think that's what was making me feel sick. But I wanted to stand still from a high place and like I did in, in Horizon Zero Dawn and a bunch of other games that have amazing environments. I wanted to just pan around and have a look at how beautiful it was. But I was so bitterly disappointed by how shitty the textures in the backgrounds look. Yeah, Ugh, I was so disappointed. I expect more from Square Enix, especially in Final Fantasy games. All right, here's the thing. I thought that this game was going to be a step in the right direction after they'd fumbled Final Fantasy 15 and the 13 series so badly because that seemed so out of character for the company that I had grown to love for their earlier games. And I thought that this was a step in the right direction that they'll pick up the ball again and, and do it right. But they, it was like a half step in, in progress. It's just bizarre because... It sort of seems that some parts have just been a bit have just been a bit rushed. Yeah, and then you realise that it's been in development for I don't, I don't even know how long. Five it years, was, I think. like five years. Yeah, that's quite a long time. It's still not as long as fifteen, but it's a long time. Oh yeah, and yet some of it just seems rushed. Uh, it's really odd. Yeah, there needed to be some sort of quality control going on there to to fix these issues because if if it was any other game, any other franchise, these things would have been called out and the review scores would have been significantly lower than what they actually are. I'm stunned that this game was was received so positively with so many issues, at least graphically. Yeah. They're just like ignoring the bad parts and then really praising the good parts. Yeah, I was expecting just like really flawless graphics yeah. the whole time. And I'm not I'm not usually a sort of person who's bothered by that sort of thing. Like, I mean, admittedly, it didn't really negatively impact the gameplay at all. I, it's not like I, it annoyed me that much, but it's noticeable is all I'm saying. Yeah. And yeah, I just expected something a little bit nicer, more sm- smooth and flawless. I wouldn't have cared that much if the graphics were just on the same level. It's because it's juxtaposed by really good looking graphics yeah. in other yeah, areas. That's the issue. Yeah. That is, the inter- that is definitely the issue. It stands out because some things are really good. Exactly. And then just something's really bad. It's like those supermodels from the 90s. They're fucking gorgeous, beautiful women. Then they smile and open their mouth. They have a fucking gap tooth. <laughs> you can't ignore it. <laughs> it's true. It's true, man. Maybe some people like gap tooth women. I don't know. Yeah. But I just mean like there's one thing for, you know, somebody that you think is, you look at them, you go, oh my God, they're absolutely perfect and beautiful. And then they have like one glaring fault, like a fucking giant mole on their chin with dark hairs growing out of it or something. (laughs) And and the mole with the dark hairs growing out of it for Final Fantasy VII Remake are the textures and the backgrounds. Like literally in Sector Seven slums, the doors look like they're, they're ripped straight from a PlayStation 1 Resident Evil game. They look like there isn't even a texture applied to them. They look horrendous. I'm going to go one up and say PS2. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. It de- all right, yeah, fine, definitely. Like There, there are cutscenes as well, like major cutscenes where people are interacting with keyboards and computer things and stuff, and it's just like this flat, non-detailed texture. Like You would think that if you're going to put this particular piece of equipment 
or item or whatever into a cutscene, that you would put the effort into making it on par with the character models that are interacting with it. Yeah. Uh, one of the areas which was really noticeable uh, for like the, the weird lack of textures and stuff was it's an area between sectors where you're running through like a junkyard. Oh, yeah. And the piles of junk, are, they just look weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a textured hill where it's just like flat junk. <laughs> it's really hard to describe it. Yeah, there's just no like um, <laughs> flat junk. <laughs> it's just flat junk. That's all it is, man. Yeah. It's flat junk. <laughs> that is the worst junk. And you I've look ever at seen. the water texture. There's like a river of oil running down the middle of this pile of junk, and it's like the worst water I've seen on PS4. Yeah, so disappointed. I always look forward to some nice water graphics, but I did not get them here. Yeah, uh, I've got a nitpick as well, which is the character model's hair. I just noticed that the the hair on on a lot of the characters, especially Cloud, was sort of fuzzy and see through where it really shouldn't have been. Mm. And uh, anyway, nitpick, nitpick. Yeah, and the mouth movements and faces of some of the NPCs that you interact with was really, really weird. Oh yeah, it's worse than Horizon Zero Dawn in that respect. It's way worse. Oh, so it's, much it's, worse. It's just, it's just awful. Yeah, and we, <laughs> I roasted that game for the facial animations. <laughs> so like, yeah, I can't not roast this one for having even worse character. Like, oh my, it like, it literally looks like they took NPC <laughs> character models from Final Fantasy Thirteen and just slapped them into this game. Yeah, they recycled assets or something. It's horrendous. It looked, it looked like they had placeholder people. They just never actually finished adding the detail to them. Yeah. I just... Oh, my God. I yeah. can't... Unacceptable, Square Enix. I expected more from you. I really did. For a, for a PS4 game that's now on PS5 as well. Yeah. I mean, come on. A 2020 released PS4 game. Yeah. I think Final Fantasy X has some better facial animations than, than this game. <laughs> that's, you know that's not true, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think Final Fantasy Two has better... Maybe not. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talking on sprites on the NES. I think uh, Final Fantasy Adventure has some better <laughs> facial animations. <laughs> I think I'm going to go on... To, let's go on to something good. I mean, we probably... Probably could talk about this later, but I want to talk about it now just because it was probably my favorite thing in the entire game. Oh, go on. It's music, of course. It's the music. Yeah. It's it's definitely the music. Like they've they've used the original music, but they've orchestrated it differently, they've they've rearranged everything. And for the large part, it is just amazing. Some of it is just so cool, so epic. Straight away in the first two chapters when you have like the bombing mission, the music there all is absolutely amazing. Uh, and that is like one hell of a way to kickstart a game. Shame it goes downhill from there, but you know, does it? Kind of everything. <laughs> Honestly, I think it does. I think the start was the best bit of the game. Okay, but the music is consistently good. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, I barely noticed the music at all. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. For it, real? It seemed like there was just too much going on, so my ear kind of just tuned it out. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it happens a few times for me like that when when I was in one area for too long uh, and eventually got bored of it and turned it down. But some of the music was just so good. And like the original Final Fantasy VII music, although it's not my favorite soundtrack at all, eight and nine are better and 10 yeah, and 12. But um, <laughs> seven has some absolute bangers. It's no doubt, but they reorchestrated it in such a way that it was just like really cool. Uh, and yeah, for me, it has, it's just, it's the best part of the game for me. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't have any critiques on the music whatsoever. Like it, it was fine for me. I just didn't really notice any of it until One Winged Angel played. I'm like, ah, oh, Sephiroth theme. Nice. Oh man! Speaking of that Sephiroth theme, yeah, there was a there's a continual motif that plays whenever there's something that happens that's vaguely related to Sephiroth, and that started to lose the charm real quick. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It was. It's like it's caught first when you think, oh, mysterious, and you hear that weird little um, choir singing that little Sephiroth motif thing. Yeah, it's cool. But then that kind of happens every other chapter, and you start to lose the the magic of it. It's like uh, you've you've ever done this a little bit here. Yeah, I agree. Like, the music is is quite varied for the most part. Yeah. My criticism is that this is like Final Fantasy VII in general. I don't like much of the tracks until you've left Midgar. Okay. Like, the Cosmo Canyon music. Cosmo Canyon is one of the, yeah, the real famous ones, yeah. Love it. See, that's catchy music to me. The battle themes are fantastic for me. I love those, though. Uh, they they did their job in hyping up the level of urgency to try and beat whatever enemy, so I'll give them props for that. But for the most part, any sort of music, I just kind of tuned it out, especially especially when you walk near a record player and it's playing a track and you're just like, for fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> I know, you can't even turn it off. Yeah. You it- might have like two tracks playing at once and it's a bit clashy as well uh, ex- that, that's the thing like you have background music that's playing within whatever level you're walking around and then you walk up to a person who's got like a little record player and they're probably like yeah. in a store or something like that and it's playing a song that you haven't got before so you buy the, the record from them but as soon as you walk close to that record it's just playing that song and you're like okay yeah stop intruding into the background music now it's kind of annoying <laughs> it's all it's it's annoying i know what you mean yeah, that's that's kind of a minor thing for me. It was it might have added to the to the life of the place, made it yeah. feel a little bit more alive. It was just a bunch of mannequins walking around. There was no life to it for me. But yeah, alas. yeah I quite agree. <laughs> that's what I mean. I actually feel like the NPCs in the original Final Fantasy VII felt more alive than they did in this one. Yeah, because you could talk to them. <laughs> exactly, have little conversations with them. Oh, they no. might not be so many, and sh- sure, they look like polygons, but. It was a little bit more interesting. That's a great point, because in this game, they just kind of talk around you. You don't actually talk to NPCs unless they have a quest to give you. So, it really lacks, for me, the interactivity with the world itself, because now it feels like I'm not interacting with it. I feel like I'm a passenger walking through it and observing it from inside of a bus or something. And this is the exact problem that people had with 13. Yeah. Exactly. And then they tried to, to correct it in 13.2 by adding lots of characters that made comments, which is what they've got in this game. And yeah. granted, I think it's better than the original 13, but it's still just not as good as the character interaction you got in the PS1 and the PS2 Final Fantasies. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Final Fantasy really has just gone off, off the rails since yeah. Final Fantasy X. I just don't think it's ever going to be as good as it was. I mean, I'm. I think there's there's people that are going to come to Final Fantasy VII remake and absolutely love it, and they might not have played the originals and have the same sort of um, love of the originals. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the case for some. That actually is the case for somebody I know as well. Yeah, I guess that's probably slight nostalgia, sort of having a, having an effect, but I can't really help that. <laughs> it's how I feel, man. Yeah. It's weird because I've I've tried to like scour the internet to find my own little echo chamber of people who agree with me. And there really are not that many. Like there's a couple of posts yeah. on, on Reddit that are unhappy or disappointed. But for the most part, it's very well received. And I'm 
just feel like I'm at, at a total loss to understanding why that is. It makes me feel like I just might be kind of falling out of love for the whole Final Fantasy universe just a little bit. Maybe I've just outgrown Final Fantasy. Uh, I actually thought that early today as well. I think yeah. I may have outgrown this franchise. And I yeah. definitely feel like I've fallen out of love with it. I think I could go back and play a game like Final Fantasy IX and love it for its storytelling and its characters and all that sort of stuff. I think that will still hold up and especially the nostalgia factor. Yeah, it does for sure. But going forward, I don't think Final Fantasy today is what it used to be, even when they're remaking a game like Seven. So, I, I just don't have the love for it that I used to and maybe that's my problem, but- Sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's happened. It's the way I feel. It's hard, yeah. to, hard to explain why it is, but I think it's the case. I'm not saying that Final Fantasy VII Remake is a shit game. I'm, I'm just saying that the way I felt about it is definitely not nearly as positively as everybody else felt about it. And I have a lot of critiques and criticisms for it. So, uh, let's talk about the general gameplay and plot progression. Yeah. Did you play on normal, classic, or easy? I kept it on normal. Okay. I didn't I didn't even try classic, although it was kind of interesting that it was there. But this I guess it's similar to like a Final Fantasy fifteen sort of combat, but perhaps a little bit more uh, a little bit better. I don't know. I, I've only played a little bit of fifteen. You you might be better able to say it's if it's similar or better. It is okay, battle system is hands down definitely an improvement from fifteen and thirteen, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not without its problems, but as far yeah. as controlling a character is concerned and actually fighting enemies, it feels considerably better than it did controlling Noctis in fucking Final Fantasy XV, which I absolutely hated. So, to describe it, yeah. it's I think it's described as a mix between turn-based and action hack-and-slash sort of thing. I would consider it more to be just action with a right. it's kind of more in line with what you would play in a tales game but okay. with less control so in a tales of game it's action combat and you play as one character and you can shoot off various techniques that you have assigned to certain buttons and stuff you can sort of do that in this there is like a, a hotkey button thing that you can set your abilities to i never actually utilized that i just went to the menu yeah likewise so in final fantasy 7 remake you just attack with like a regular attack button and then each character has a sort of like a secondary attack with a triangle button so you can combo between those two and then if you want to use an ability so your atb gauge it will fill with time and if you attack an enemy it will fill faster so that's the bar that you use to launch off your attacks and abilities and stuff so if you want to cast a spell you need an atb gauge if you want to use a sword technique you need an atb gauge and you only get two yeah actually hated at points how slowly your ai partner's atb gauges will fill because it seems like only the character you're controlling feels fast and everybody else doesn't. It is really bizarre. It's like they faff around not really doing anything Yeah. for half the time. Oh, the AI is terrible. They are pretty bad. I mean, they're all right at blocking stuff and dodging attacks. Yeah. But as far as actually being offensive, they don't seem to do that. And I think one thing that this game really could have done with was something like where you can like set the non-played characters to be on the offense or be defensive or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that when you're not controlling them, they are launching spells. And maybe you could set them to heal so that, you know, 
they do that. Yeah. Or sure. even better, they could have, well, maybe, no, maybe not even better, but another possibility is they have a gambit system and you could just set Ugh. them to heal, like in Final Fantasy XII. Ugh. Everyone loves the gambit system. Pass on that one. But <laughs> I totally agree with you, though. There are games like Secret of Mana on fucking Super Nintendo has you and two AI control companions. You can set a strategy for them to determine how aggressive they're going to be, if they're going to hang back and cast healing magic, if they're going to be supportive, or if they're just going to def- be defensive and not attack at all. Yeah. And that's on Super Nintendo. They should have fucking implemented that in this game. Yeah, I think so too. Because the closest thing that you've got to that is like the materia. Uh, and the only one I can think of really is like uh, the auto cure materia. Yeah. That's the only one where you kind of can. can Set and forget. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. I would like more set and forget things because I've, I've found the clicking between characters a little bit too time consuming yeah and disruptive of the combat for me yeah it's like i'm not sure that i really enjoy this weird mishmash of turn-based and action combat too much it's just a little bit too stop and start i didn't mind switching between the characters but my problem is that like we've just said the companion characters you're not controlling are not aggressive enough and they don't cast any magic for the material that you've got assigned to them at all they just stand at attack or yeah. cast cure if you've put auto cure on them. So it's like, what's the point in me decking out this character like Aerith, for example? She's a spell caster. I've decked her out with all of the best materia so she can cast the best spells. But I have to manually stop and go into the menu and select which spell I want her to cast, then cast it. It's stopping the action. Yeah. And when you're controlling Cloud or Tifa or whoever, and you're just attacking, doing melee stuff... It's counterintuitive to to keep stopping halfway while you're attacking an enemy to have Aerith cast a spell. It just, yeah, needs, yeah. needed some sort of, like, st- ability to strategize and set them to use a certain attack on an enemy that's weak against that attack. And That sounds like gambits. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even that. Like, there are shitloads of other RPGs that do that when you have AI companions. They yeah. will just- it, sh- it does. Learn. It just needs more common sense, man. It just yeah. needs more common sense. Having said that, at least it's a step up from what there was- in 13 and 15, I think. Although in 13, you had more control over what your party was doing. So Yeah, you you, ca- you could set the, the paradigm shifts yeah. to certain things, which were pretty, pretty good, honestly. I don't hate the combat in 13, honestly. I don't hate it either, but it was such a, a large departure from everything else that came before it. Kind of yeah. like 12, but 12... Okay, I didn't like the combat in twelve either, but it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was the first one where you really only had control of one person. Yeah, that's that's the thing I don't like. Yeah, I don't mind action RPGs like Trials of Mana and Tales of franchises and stuff. That's fine because your AI is usually smart enough that you can just forget about them, and you're the main damage dealer anyway. But in games like Final Fantasy, where it's very party heavy all of these characters are with you through the story you watch them grow you see their stories develop blah 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 final fantasy has always been a party based battle system to me yeah like i want to play as Aerith and tifa and cloud at the exact same time like i want to strategize by having my caster and my uh fucking fisting lady and <laughs> my sword guy <laughs> 
and um, playing all of them in tandem. I, I wonder if it would have been better if they if you could have given out actions to every character before their ATB gauge had filled so that you didn't have to switch to them. Oh, yeah. Like when they had the ATB gauge. Yeah, Q attacks. Uh, yeah, Q attacks so that you didn't have to just constantly watching the ATB gauge and switch to every character. It might have smoothed things out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to be too harsh on the combat system because it's obviously a work in progress. This is the first time that they've like attempted this kind of thing. But they they really should have looked at some of their other contemporaries and taken more inspiration from them. Like games like Grandia and stuff like that where you see the icon of the character's face on the timeline moving and then they, when it hits a certain spot, that's when they launch their attack or whatever. So you can queue all of these attacks and then when based on their speed, they will launch them off when they're ready to go kind of thing. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. Anywho, regardless of that, the combat to me was serviceable. So I didn't mind that. There was some really good fights. I just find that some of the boss fights go on forever. Oh, they really do. (laughs) Yeah, they really do. And there's like separate stages as well. And that's when it starts to really annoy me. Yeah. And some of the dungeons are way too long and then you have to have too too many fights of just Little rats that they've chucked in around oh, the corner. Yeah. It's like, this is just an interruption. I don't need this. And aerial enemies are super annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Those little helicopter troopers. They're yeah. annoying. Oh, also, speaking of boss battles, mm-hmm. how annoying is it when you you set off a bunch of limit breaks all at once and then just as you're about to finish the boss <laughs> off, it goes into a fucking cutscene. <laughs> so you just wasted <laughs> your limit break. Yeah. And then it goes into another phase of, of its like final form or whatever i'm just like oh for fuck's sake man. that happens so often near the end <laughs> oh that infuriated me i hope to god that they fix that in the next one yeah yeah me too all right so the general progression of this game is cutscene long section of walking sort of semi cutscene follow a character to a place hear them talk go do some quests go down a corridor cutscene some fights a dungeon that lasts for too long yeah, you forgot the pull some switches. Oh, yeah. Do a mini game in a dungeon that takes far too fucking long. Yes. Drive along an endless road. Yeah. On a motorbike. <laughs> oh, man, I hated the motorbike sections in the original Final Fantasy VII, and I hated them here as well. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. God, that I shouldn't have been a thing. Get rid of them. Chuck them in the bin. Yeah. That, to me, that all the motorbike sections, especially with the first one where you have to encounter Roche, is like... This is nonsense. Oh, this is God. like maybe maybe this is going to be a terrible thing to say, but it just like it feels too anime to me. No, yeah, I see that. I can see that. See what I mean? Yeah, it's I don't need this. The whole like motorbike acrobatics thing. Yeah, what is that about? It's a bit over the top. A bit too over the this top. This just goes back to the whole inconsistency. Is like you can do backflips on your motorbike and drive backwards, but you can't jump down a little ten foot thing to get to <laughs> another door. Like shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, so there are like three hub sections, maybe four, where you stop to do a whole bunch of side quests. Did you do all the side quests? Yes, yes, I did all of them. Yeah, so did I. What did you think of them? Um, I'm really struggling to remember any of the side quests. There's one where you find cats. (laughs) Oh, that's right. You have to wander around until you might hear a little meow. 
and then find the cat and then deliver it back to a little girl. Yeah, that one really stands out. That that probably that changed my life, actually. Uh, it's changed my view of the world, of people, of cats, of, of everything. Um, there's one we have to find chocobos. Oh, yeah. That one's uh, life-changing again. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah, I think they're a little bit weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was maybe one side quest that I would say, or maybe I should say a string of side quests that I was semi-interested in. And that is the one to do with the the angel of the slums or something. Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't mind that because there was some sort of side character development there and this concept of this like Robin Hood type of thief who steals shit from rich people and gives it to the poor was kind of interesting. But I knew straight away who it was <laughs> and the stupidity was just like, I knew that this was going to happen. I don't know why I went through like four stages of the side quest to be given some sort of revelation that I already knew. <laughs> you know, the annoying thing what? is that there's a trophy for completing all the side quests, but I don't yeah. think you can do all the quests until you've done a second playthrough. Yeah. You can chapter select after you finish the game and do it. Do I want to? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did a little reading on it, and if I'm correct, all you have to do is go back to Wall Market and then do the... So, there's, there's two people. There's like that Sam the Chocobo guy... Oh, yeah, and then the massage yeah, lady. The geisha handjob lady. Yes, the one who gave Claire the handjob yeah. pretended that she was massaging his hands. Absolutely. And he had an orgasm on the table. Yep. <laughs> I did actually get a kick out of that. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> the Walmart thing was like the best part of the game. Yeah, it was for sure. <laughs> yeah, so whoever you, whoever you didn't pick in that route or whatever, you just go back and do it. I think it's, it's, it's dependent on... If you guess heads or tails for the coin flip. Right, so okay. If you guess it wrong or whatever, then you go oh. and do the hand job geisha thing. Oh, actually, there's... I'm not sure if it's based on that or not, but there are, like, points uh, that are kind of given towards Sam or the geisha massage hand job lady. Based on what? There's, like, a few decisions you have to make. Uh, things what you do if you choose heads or tails. I think it kind of adds up to a total, and then it's... It's decided on which quest you get. Oh, okay. Uh, I do remember looking this up, actually. Um, and yeah, I got the handjob lady. <laughs> I got the handjob lady, too. <laughs> and I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, so the, the game takes you through a bunch of places. To be perfectly honest with you, the first half of the game is very forgettable to me. I cannot remember much of what was going on at all. The first half was probably my least favorite part of the game. It didn't pick up at all to me until we got to Wall Market, where interesting shit was actually happening. I kind of agree. It, it's like the first part, which obviously I played in the demo anyway, so it was like just experiencing that again. Yeah. The the first reactor, that was cool. Then it kind of slows down when you get to the first hub area. Then it seems to just repeat itself, but you're like, gotta go somewhere, <laughs> gotta get another reactor, yeah. gotta talk to Jesse's mum and steal shit from her dead father who's <laughs> dying in his his bedroom. I hated that fucking chapter. Wedge has to make comments about eating food because he's a fat man. <gasps> and that's all fat people talk about. You stole it. I was going to bring that up later. It's like, he's just a fucking walking fat joke. He's so annoying. 
it's just like, why write him like that? I know. <laughs> it's super annoying. Ugh, made me annoyed. Um, but yeah, I agree, man. I kind of forget what happens. Yeah. Uh, it's very all minor stuff. Um, and yeah, the latter stuff's more interesting and more different. Yeah. A lot of the first part is just kind of repeating yourself. Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah. From this part, I'm just going to chuck out a spoiler warning for anyone. So, we're not going to worry about saving story twists or whatever from you. So, anything that we talk about from this part on is probably going to be somewhat spoiler related. You're warned. <laughs> you have been warned. <laughs> You've been warned. Speaking of that chapter, I've actually yep. brought up while I was playing it. I was in a Discord and I said, oh, man, I hate this chapter. It's so boring. And then they were like, oh, but it's <laughs> character development for Biggs Wedge and Jesse. You find out so much story about Jesse. And I'm like... Like, the whole chapter itself takes fucking forever. It's not worth sitting through that entire chapter just to find out that she used to be a wannabe singer from the Gold Saucer. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean- Could have read that in, like, a note. I know. Oh, my God. You <laughs> fucking could have. I mean, it's interesting. I'm glad that that's what her goals were and stuff. I feel a little bit more connected with her as a character. But at the same time, I didn't want to have to fucking sit through that entire thing, go on a fucking motorbike- spree attacking the most flamboyant cyclist person you can find and then you know go to a fucking factory and fight a fucking robot <laughs> just to find out that she- yeah i like to sing the only good bit of that chapter was i think it's the bit where you get the ifrit materia yes and when you summon him that was like oh this is awesome yes i i do like the summoning of the summons in this case. Yes, yes. The summoning of the summons. Yeah. <laughs> it actually, they they felt somewhat useful. The, the annoyance for me is that you have no control over when they actually want to be summoned. So, I was like, fuck, man. Can't I just, yeah. like, summon them in, like, a regular fight like I would have in the original game? I would have just been like, oh, a couple of dog enemies? Well, fucking meet Bahamut, bitch, and just decimated yeah. them and then moved on. Yeah. The way they do it in this game is that the summon inside the materia... Only comes out when it feels like stressed. Yeah. <laughs> when it feels like it's needed. So essentially against big, big bad enemies. Yeah, only bosses really. Yes, yeah, only big bosses. Yeah. But either way, uh, I liked the design of the summons in this one. And oh, they were so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, and I also really liked. Oh, here we go. We're talking about positives. Yeah. I also really liked that when you summon them, it doesn't replace your current party like it does in Final Fantasy Twelve. Oh yeah, that yeah. is really good. Yeah, so A+. Plus. And also that you can use the ATB gauge of anyone Yes, to, to attack it, not just the person who summoned it. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Oh, good stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about the best chapter then. The best chapter? When it actually started getting fun. So, wall market, because I'm not done with that yet. Yes. As in when Final Fantasy VII turned into Yakuza. Yes. Oh, fuck, it yeah. did too. I actually made a note of this. Because I w- was sitting there thinking, how fucking good would it be if they had actually taken more notes from a Yakuza game and then mm. put it into this section of the game? Like, it's supposed to be in a city. Like, Midgar is a city. Why not have a fucking Yakuza-style minigames where you're, like, doing baseball cage shit? The opportunity was there to really expand upon these side, <laughs> yeah. side things and make it actually something special. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. The little mini games that they did have in Wall Market were super fun. Uh, that's the sort of thing I was there for, like the squat challenge with the flamboyant gym man. Yeah. Hilarious. Jewels. <laughs> yeah. 
and he can like do one squat and then he just falls over like this is this is ridiculous i love it yeah i like that stuff i mean i wasn't going to do squats to get the fucking trophy because i actually hated when they took away your on-screen prompts but other than that <laughs> oh man it was quite easy <laughs> i couldn't <laughs> did, do it it was that and the pull-up one. Oh no it was too hard for me i just couldn't do it the pull-up one was was more difficult for me but uh yeah, no, I quite like this. I needed the on-screen prompts. I couldn't do it without that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not do the darts challenge. That was a bit tedious. I couldn't be bothered with that. Oh, I actually did do the darts challenge, and I fucking aced it. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a trophy for it, but by the time I'd moved on, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I can go back and get it. Yeah. I love the fact that they committed to putting Cloud in a dress. Yeah. Love that. And he looked beautiful in it. He did. That section was great. <laughs> And uh, my favorite part of the entire game is just Andrea in the honeybee thing. Oh, that was done so well, actually. Yeah. The original, the way they did that would have been <laughs> difficult <laughs> for them to kind of do the same thing. Yeah. So the way they've kind of adjusted it for, for modern times, I think was done quite well. Oh, quite yeah. Well. I love that they attempted to do the like rhythm game thing like a little dance off yeah i love the scene of the dance off i hated the button prompts <laughs> it was really really obtuse oh so hard uh, and just a weird way of just occasionally like looking out for the button prompts and trying to work out when you were supposed to time them yeah it's just a bit a bit difficult and odd to tell because some of them were in the distance or they were close up and yeah you're like well, how much time do i have i don't know exactly I love the style that they went with. So, they're making, like, the the button prop pop up like it's part of the light show. That was really cool. Yeah. And I love, yeah. like, the whole choreography thing and, and fucking how flamboyant and gay the entire thing was. It's just like, oh, my God. It's like fucking RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. I fucking love it. However, <laughs> I would prefer to just watch it happen rather than actually have to do the button prop thing because it kind of distracted me from the flamboyant coolness that was actually going on. <laughs> it's true enough. I was yeah. too busy looking out for the prompts to actually really watch Cloud and Andrea bust their moves. Yeah. It, I would have either Fucking liked cool. no prompts or more prompts, but make them easier. Yeah, or easier to see, at least. Easier to see, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, there'll be this weird sort of camera pan. Like, camera's constantly moving, and then it will suddenly pan a little bit, and then in the corner will just appear a button prompt, and then the light yeah, will just would, like, suddenly appear there. And the like, prompt would, like, come out between Cloud's arm yeah. <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, and then I got distracted. I'm like, wow, what? Huh? <laughs> I started freaking it's out. Like a, it's like a Where's Wally challenge, but yeah. prompt. <laughs> and then Andrea bends down and the prompt comes out of his butthole. <laughs> you have to press circle on it. <laughs> so light shoots in through his hole. <laughs> yeah. Man, the wall market scene was ridiculous and I I'm all I'm all there for it. Yeah. I after that was over, I had the biggest smile on my face, which was the first time in the game that I was actually really happy. <laughs> so, that yeah. that was great. Loved that. The music in Wall Market was a bit weird. I'm not sure if I enjoyed the way that it kind of changed between which area you went into. Yeah. I'm not sure if you even took notice of that, but it was a bit odd. I think Wall Market, out of all of them, was probably the most alive feeling. Yeah. Like, you could go into little alleyways and there's people throwing up and stuff, and I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, I actually got a sense that, yeah, these people... I could imagine being there and seeing these drunk fuckheads, like, just fucking throwing up everywhere. But still, same problem. You can't talk to any of the people. They just talk near you. Yeah. And they say the same thing every time you walk past. It's like, ah, it's gone back to being, like, animatronic mannequin thing. Yeah. Anyway, 
Great stuff. Love that. Love the Dawn Corneo craziness. Yeah. That was great. I loved the way that he picked Cloud and yeah, <laughs> just in general. All of that scene was ridiculous. Yeah. Like I knew what was coming. I knew he was going to pick Cloud, but either way, it was just so stupid and funny that I loved it. I was waiting for it. I was like, is I wonder if this is one of the things where it could go either way and he'll just pick whoever. Because in the original game, he could end up picking either Aerith, Tifa or Cloud, depending on the choices that you've made. Yeah. I was wondering if they were going to commit to that or um, what they would do, but I'm glad that they just stuck with Cloud. So, in the end, it ended up being great for me. I loved it. I just, I always find it funny how he he just like ignores Tifa and Aerith and just goes for Cloud. Goes yeah. for the man. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because he's fucked so many real women that when a guy in a dress presents himself, he's just like, this is yeah. interesting, different. <laughs> and, mm. I wish that they had gotten a little darker with it, though. Because I remember there's a lot creepier implications in the original game with, like, blood splatters in the basement and stuff where he's murdered them. Yeah, well, I'm sure I saw something fairly recently said that in the update for the PS5 version, they're going to put blood in the game. I don't actually think there's any blood in this game. Yeah, I don't think there is at all. I wish there was. Yeah, and there's, like, a part later where you see Genova's blood. Is it Genova's blood? Where Sephiroth kind of steals him from the tank in the lab. Yeah. And there's like a trail of blood in the original and that whole scene is pretty creepy. But in the remake it's just like purple splatters. Well it's actually more than that in the original. In the original all the characters have been captured and they're put in cells and then they're let free. But as they walk around the Shinra building there's just corpses of Shinra employees that Sephiroth has murdered and blood splatter everywhere. In this one he just takes Genova and strolls on into the uh, president's office and you're following this trail of purple goop. Yeah. It's a bit weird because that was that was quite an impactful scene back in the original. It sure was. I didn't feel it that much in this one, but... Not at all. That's okay. I mean, whatever. Yeah. But I know what you mean. I kind of would have liked... Um, well, actually, this is a problem I had with the original, actually. Um, not just relating to Wall Market, but yeah. the kind of undecided uh, mood that the game was going for. Like, at times, it was very silly and comical. Oh, yeah. And then underlying it was a very dark theme. But they kind of couldn't stick to one specific mood and I could never really decide whether I really wanted it to be more silly or more serious or just one or the other. Right. And that's probably one of the problems I have with Final Fantasy in general. It's just kind of trying to do two sort of moods. Like mood whiplash. I think I'd rather it stick with one. Yeah, a bit of a clash. Yeah. Kind of like in Final Fantasy thirteen when everyone's running for their lives, but then at the same time, Vanille's there being like, hee hee. Funny thing. Yeah, I hate that. I really <laughs> <Yeah>. hate that. <laughs> so we got a bit a bit sidetracked, but let's uh, let's scale it back to the beginning. All the characters first introduced mm-hmm. to obviously Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse, and then later on Aerith, uh, and then towards the end, Red Thirteen, and towards the beginning, you also see visions of Sephiroth, which never happened in the first game fine whatever i understand that this is a different sort of story arc that they're going for i think they blew their load a little too early with sephiroth but um for sure that's their decision and whatever but what do you think overall of these interpretations of the characters and and in general you know, like who stood out to you what did you like about him etc etc like what do you even think about uh, cloud because cloud is a fucking dick cloud is just a, a really kind of boring dull person really in the original or in this one Oh, in this one. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I actually liked him quite a lot in this one. <laughs> he was all right. I mean, I think he was portrayed well. This was more or less how I imagined him in the original. So, in that sense, fine. He's probably one of the better characters. Like, I, I don't 
like the way they portrayed Barrett at all. I think it was just too cliched oh. uh, and just over the top, shouting all the time. Like, get real, man. Aerith was a little bit too happy and like the <laughs> something that annoyed me that in battles, whenever she was getting attacked, she might say, "Stop it!" <laughs> like she was just a little child. Yeah, I just found it a bit weird. Tifa was okay. I quite liked her voice actress. Yeah, uh, it's kind of kind of cool. Um, but no, I didn't really like the characters that much. Dare we say Red Thirteen was all right. He was cool. I liked um, Jesse and Biggs. Okay, they were pretty good. Didn't like Wedge though. No, I didn't. Didn't like Wedge. <laughs> <laughs> Fair call. His voice annoyed me. Everything he said annoyed me. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like like I said earlier, Wedge is literally a walking fat joke. He's fucking annoying. Yeah. Everything he said was either related to food or how hungry he was or how fat his ass is. I just, oh, for yeah. fuck's sake, man. Piss off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying piss off to him. I'm saying piss off to the writers at this point. Yeah. Well, even to him. <laughs> like, if somebody <laughs> in real life said that stuff around me, I'd just be like, fuck off, man. Yeah. Anyway, put the pie down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, for me, I actually really liked Cloud because one of the problems I had in the original game was that Cloud was so unemotive and I really didn't know how to read his dialogue when it was just text. So, I couldn't get a clear understanding of who he was supposed to be as a person. And to a degree, that's intentional. In the original games, he uh, has kind of like this mishmash personality based off of Zack from Crisis Core. But regardless, in this game, I actually liked him because he, yes, he's an absolute dick early on. But he's the kind of dick that I would be if people were annoying me. <laughs> like, True. I mean, he starts off the game as a mercenary for hire. So, the fact that Barrett's like... Don't you care, man? This is for the planet. And he's just like, whatever. Yeah, he's like, I just want my money. Yeah, he is literally just a soldier for hire at this point. He's in it for the money. He doesn't care what the actual reasons behind it are. Yeah. And I quite I quite like the way he just doesn't really care about anything there. Yeah, I do too. Like, I understand that um, he's got like this facade up. And even when he finally meets up with Tifa and their childhood friends, so they have a history together. He's still got, like, this standoffishness to him. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. He's been through some shit and um, he doesn't really know how to act around this person who he used to know quite a lot as a child. And now they're vastly different people. So, there's, like, a a barrier of friendship there or whatever. So, I get that. And I like how he very slowly started opening up and I grew to actually really like Cloud. Whereas in the old days... Whenever somebody would be like, oh, Cloud is such a great character, I'd be like, Cloud is not a fucking great character. He's boring as shit. He's got, like, nothing to <laughs> him. He's just a fucking blank lump of untextured polygons. <laughs> Did you ever watch one of those videos on YouTube where they were on YouTube's? <laughs> Have you seen a video on YouTube's? Have you seen it on the YouTube's? <laughs> Where this guy was sort of analysing the Japanese version of Cloud's dialogue and then kind of comparing it to the to the Western release. No, I haven't seen and, it. Uh, and it's, it's quite interesting because I think the Japanese version probably offers a little bit more insight into his personality or how it was supposed to be. Right. With a lot of the, the translations just sort of changing the, the sort of mood that Cloud yeah. portrays. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I think they've probably 
managed a bit better here to um to portray the character that he was meant to to be in the original oh definitely it's going to be easier when they've actually got someone to voice it yeah and his portrayal in the remake i can understand why people like him now Whereas back in the old days, I was like, why are people obsessed with this Cloud character? He's literally a nothing character. I don't fucking get it. Why all these people are having a circle jerk over how amazing he is. So, as a protagonist, he was yeah. nothing. Having a having a circle jerk around Cloud, but yeah. then saying that Squall is a little bitch. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Kids, man. We were idiots. <laughs> yeah. All of them, especially them. They were the worst. Yeah, the ones loving Cloud. <laughs> Other than Cloud, I loved Teetha. Teetha. <laughs> I don't know what he said. <laughs> I said teether. <laughs> teeth. I haven't got my full teeth out. Her mother's name is Dentist. <laughs> grandpa is called Oncologist. <laughs> no. Her grandpa's name is Dentia. <laughs> anyway, I really liked Tifa. I loved her. I thought she was great. And I didn't think that much of her in the original game. To me, in the original game, she was just a pair of boobs. In this one, yes, she's yeah. she's a person who just happens to have really big boobs. So yeah, props her. They scaled down her boobs. They did. But they're still big. They're huge, but yeah. they're realistically huge. And anyone who ever has a criticism about somebody like Tifa's cup size, how about you fucking walk down the street and check out some tits? Because there are people out there that actually have really big boobs. And small frames. And props to Tifa for maintaining good posture. Because I know if you've got big boobs, <laughs> the back problems are quite common. So good for Tifa. Yeah. I think she's got an impeccable sports bra on too. Exactly. It's a testament to how good she is at martial arts. That she can do all these aerial attacks while supporting all this added weight on her front section. Especially yeah. since she doesn't have a big butt either. So there's no sort of balance. She's just very front and top heavy. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. She's it's a harsh life for Tifa, but she does it well. She gets through it. Yeah. No complaints. You can tell that after a long day of eco terrorism, she goes back to her apartment, lies down on the floor, gets a foam roller out and just rolls her back out because she's got some problems. Yeah. She probably goes on YouTube. And watches some Jeff Cavalier videos, <laughs> athleanx.com. And gives it a good stretch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tifa was probably my favorite. I actually really liked Aerith as well, especially considering that for me, she didn't go overboard with the cutesiness thing. Like she had a happy-go-lucky type of attitude, but it wasn't nearly as bad as, say, Riku in Final Fantasy X. Or Vanille in Final Fantasy XIII. Oh, Vanille was fucking awful. Yeah. I don't remember Riku being that bad, but Vanille was the worst. Well, I think Riku in the sense of like a high-pitched kind of, I'm so energetic kind of thing. <laughs> um, I did like Riku, by the way, but that was her character type. Yeah. In any case, I, I liked Aerith a lot more in this. She got the good end of the stick where it comes to characterization compared to her original form. Because I didn't care for her at all in the original game. She was just a hideous block of polygons with a terrible haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and an ugly pink dress. But I liked her in this. Yeah. And I think she got better or more interesting as the game progressed too. Yeah. The, the whole little like backstory and the way she interacted with the world and everything. That was quite interesting. I liked how they added that. Yeah. I really liked that. Barrett, I hated him from the get-go. He was an absolute dick to cloud and it took a long time for that to 
go away and I hated his eco-terrorism preaching stuff. He just sounds like a radical fucking person who thinks it's okay to bomb shit (laughs) and that doesn't jive well with me. So, (laughs) hated him in the beginning. Didn't really even care for him when he was interacting with Marlene. I still just saw him as a big fucking blow up set a bomb dickhead terrorist type of guy act first think later yeah that sort of guy he's just he was obnoxious that's the thing he was way too obnoxious and i know that his original character was supposed to be like mr t and he definitely has mr t vibes in this (laughs) but it was too much he didn't feel like a person to me there was only like one level to his character yeah that was the kind of problem there wasn't really any other side to him that we saw like, fair enough, he might have said uh, some stuff about Marley and, you know, and, like, gave an impression that he was a caring father. But even the way that that was shown it didn't really add anything to him. To well, he obviously doesn't care that much if he's willing to put his life on the line to blow up a few reactors and then never come home. Just left Marlene in a house with a woman that he met for five minutes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, I didn't like Barrett. I can tolerate him towards the end when he was less of an obnoxious dick to Cloud. But when you're playing as Cloud and he's being a dick to you the entire time, it just rubs me the wrong way. So, I was like, fuck off, man. Don't talk to me like that. If I was Cloud, I'd fucking shove a sword straight through him like Sephiroth did. (laughs) Yeah. Good. That's that healed. Yeah. (laughs) God, that was so annoying. I was like, sweet, he's dead. He's not going to come back. And they fucking healed him. I would have been really shocking. Like, damn. I would have been really happy about that. Square have been brave now. (laughs) Kill off a main character in the first game. Like, damn. Yeah, Biggs, fucking sexy. He was... Very good looking. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a... Uh, I don't, not much to him. There really wasn't. Nah. He was just kind of there as eye candy. With that, that voice actor who plays in something in every Final Fantasy, I swear to God. Yeah. And Jessie, she was way too thirsty. I feel like they actually shoved her in the, the player's face a bit too much. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, like... Somebody at Square had a massive boner for her. So they were like, oh, let's just keep pushing Jessie. Jessie's going to be like a new love interest. She's fucking, she's like the best girl. I didn't feel that from her. I thought she was overbearing and um, kind of bordered on like sexual assault with Cloud sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of did. (laughs) I think that's basically it, I have to say, for the characters. Yeah. There aren't many more other than some of the bad guys, which are just bad guys. Hojo. Was very good. Hojo, William Defoe, with glasses and black hair. <laughs> Wait, was it actually voiced by him? No. Oh, I don't think so. That would have been cool if it was. He's got an awesome voice. Yeah, definitely looks like him. Hojo was interesting. Always has been though. He's always been that cartoonish, crazy scientist thing. So it's- evil, evil scientist. Yeah, it was really good to see what they've done with him here, and I'm I'm interested to see what they do in the next game. Yeah, it was weird. Like I actually found him darker in this game. I guess that was kind of inevitable. But yeah, he seems like quite a dark guy. Yeah, he definitely is in the original games, but I think having somebody actually perform him now yeah, and yeah. the leap in graphics gives you an opportunity. It's like Don Corneo. His animations yes. are fucking creepy as shit and like <laughs> so sleazy. He's like a fucking pig. Yeah. he's He literally is like Pigsy from Enslaved. Yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's a really disgusting man. Exactly. Yeah, so Hojo's interesting. Um, Sephiroth, we've sort of briefly mentioned him already. He's like one of the final bosses. 
very weird inclusion with him. I I don't know how I feel about it. When you say the inclusions, you just mean like the appearances of him in the game or the boss fight? Uh, no, I got the boss fight. They were setting it up to do that, but I feel like they've sort of neutered him a little bit in a sense mm. compared to his previous role or whatever. Like, here's the thing. They've changed the game and they've changed the story, which I'm fine with. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I feel like... In the original game, Sephiroth was actually intimidating and seemed like a threat. Here, he just seems like he's just pops up to say hi every once in a while, but he never really seems to be a threat to the party. I guess. I To me, the boss fight at the end, it felt like they added him in just so they could have a big bad at the end. Yeah. Same with the fucking um, Arbiter of Fate thing. Yeah. They all seemed added just to have a big climactic ending, whereas I honestly would have just preferred leaving Midgard (laughs) to be the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like now uh, 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 the end that they're going to do, which inevitably will involve Sephiroth again. It's like, is it going to be a little bit uh, underwhelming? And at that point, you'll be like, oh, it's this fucking guy again. I have a theory. Mm -hmm. I think that the only reason why they put Sephiroth in as one of the final bosses is because they wanted to keep fans happy and everybody loves Sephiroth. So put him in there just in case this game doesn't get a sequel because it might fall flat or something. I think- Maybe. I think this game, they put a lot of- expectations onto it to succeed because they didn't want to risk having another financial failure otherwise shit was going to go downhill real quick yeah so i think that by putting sephiroth in to keep fans happy and stuff it sort of guaranteed that anyone that was fans of the original final fantasy would spend money on it and it would be a financial success and it basically was so that's why i think that was there i guess yeah they're kind of chucking all their eggs into one basket yeah exactly hoping it all pays off yeah I'm just not sure I'm a fan. Yeah, that's fair. I would have liked less less appearances of Sephiroth so that when you eventually see him in, in like, I don't know, the second game and you have to deal with him in the final one, it just, I think it would more have more impact then. Yeah. By the time we're going to get to it, you know, if the story plays out the same as it did in the original, which it might not. Which it definitely won't. Yeah. Then, like, the impact's going to be changed. It's going to be different. And I, I don't know. Okay, so let's talk about the changes between this and the original game. I just want to say, actually, there's um, there's also the Turks. Never mentioned those, but uh, they are back. Meh. Meh. <laughs> I never cared for them the original either. And when they popped up again in Advent Children, I didn't care for them then as well. <laughs> I want them to die and never appear. I just find them boring and like, oh, fuck's sake, they're stopping the story, stopping my progression. Yeah. I don't care about you. Please leave. I didn't mind them while I was playing Crisis Core because they're integral to the plot there. But in this one, they're just kind of background characters that don't really yeah. add much, at least for me personally. I also found the boss fight with the bold one. Rude. Really difficult at first, too. Yeah. Like, get out of my way, man. Yeah. Stop blocking my attacks and stuff. Some of the boss fights, I'm just like, oh, fuck off out of here and just get on with it. The boss fight against Rufus at the end was the worst fight in the game. I hated it so much. Really? I actually liked that one. It was awful. (laughs) The only way I got through that was limit breaks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I took out the dog and then it did not take me long to take out Rufus after that. I basically just let off a limit break and he was fucking chowder. Yeah. (laughs) He was chowder. (laughs) Fucking chowder. He was fucking chowder. Um, okay, so, the Whispers. The Whispers. Whispers. Throughout the game, a bunch of these ghosty-looking things will pop up and try and stop you from altering the timeline. So, these things are like the planet's protectors of the intended timeline or whatever. 
Yeah. And I have watched a few videos that say that they're implied to be the embodiment of players who want the original Final Fantasy story to be retold the way it's supposed to be retold because it's going off the rails or in a different direction. The whispers are like the players trying to get it back on track so they can get what they want, apparently. That sounds like nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there are a whole lot of theories for this game. Yeah. They're basically Tetsuya Nomura bullshit. Yeah. Having said that, they were the most interesting part for me. Okay. Since I'm already familiar enough with the story to know what's generally supposed to happen, this inclusion of something that's outside the scope of that actually had me interested and it created a mystery. So, my main problem with the Final Fantasy VII Remake as a whole is that I don't feel like there is a strong enough driving force in the plot to keep me interested in what the characters are doing from set piece to set piece. So, they're just kind of meandering around with a vague goal of either blowing up something or going to save somebody. There's no real quest type of thing. So, it's not like you're set up early on to say, okay, here's what we have to do. Let's try and do it. It's just like, oh, shit's happening. So, let's kind of react to it. It's reactive, not proactive. And that bothers me. So, when the whispers are in it, They're the one mystery or question that I think needs to be solved because everything else has already sort of been solved retroactively. And I liked their inclusion and I wanted to see what was going to happen. I knew something out of the ordinary was going to happen towards the end. And I actually really liked the last couple of chapters because they took the train off the tracks and they went in a different direction. I kind of liken it to the rebuild of the Evangelion movies. Oh, yeah. I've heard the same comparison. Yeah. And I love those movies because I've seen the series a million times and the movies have taken that, retold the first couple of parts, and then it's like a whole separate timeline. They're going in a different direction. It's like a what if type of situation. And I like that they've done that here. There is some theories out in the internet suggesting that this could be like an alternate timeline or um, dimension even, or just like the past and the future mixing. Yeah. One thing was literally saying, like, um, because in the original game, in the original timeline, Sephiroth fails. He does not achieve what he wants to do, even though after, like, 500 years, all the humans are dead. But he's come back in time somehow to try and change the timeline so he could win. And this is just that timeline playing out. Yeah. Uh, But there's tons of different kind of conspiracy theories going on. So it's, uh, I mean, I I find it hard to predict because, truthfully, I don't really have a fucking clue what's going on anyway. That is the other half of the coin as well is, yeah, Yeah. it's great that they've introduced this thing and it's going in a separate direction now. Can't wait to find out what's going to happen because now all bets are off. They can do whatever the fuck they want. But at the same time, it's Tetsuya Nomura and the ending was confusing. And I am really worried that they're going to take that confusion and amp it up to the nth degree and not tell a cohesive story because... Um, to be perfectly honest, the last few Final Fantasies, their storytelling capabilities have gone down the fucking toilet, man. They don't, they are not good with dramatic moments anymore or setting up plot twists or giving anything a sense of urgency or weight to any of the decisions or, or plot points that happen. So, even though this crazy shit was going on in the end, I still didn't feel any sort of weight from it yeah. or threat yeah, from that it. That is a perfect way of describing it. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. And I've had that problem in tons of Final Fantasies so far. And I really hate the way they tell tell their stories. And it's probably a style problem or a taste problem on my part, but I don't like it. No, I don't think so. I think it's definitely their problem. Yeah, it's like 
But I've seen people that still praise it. I'm like, okay, but I play games like fucking Xenoblade Chronicles or something that has sprawling long stories and has a lot of convoluted shit as well. Xenoblade Chronicles and Final Fantasy VII Remake both have convoluted shit in it. The difference is mm-hmm. that Xenoblade Chronicles knows how to tell a compelling story. So, then when the convoluted shit comes up, you understand what's happening. Final Fantasy VII Remake, convoluted shit is happening and you have no fucking clue what's going on. Now, they don't answer any of it. And the likelihood that they are going to answer it in the next few games is probably just as slim. I think they just threw a whole bunch of shit at the wall and would see what would stick, and then they're going to make it up as they go along for the next couple games. Yeah, it could be, like you said, they're chucking all their eggs into the basket without an answer. So they're just getting it in so that it's in there, so that the players are happy. Yeah. And then after that, if it's a success, and they get good reviews and stuff, they'll be like, well, we'll continue with this. Now, Mr. Mr. Nomura, can you please finish the story? Yeah. (laughs) Decide what's actually going to happen there. Like, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts 3, but I've heard a lot of people that are very disappointed with what happened with it because it just turned into another convoluted mess. And from what I know of the series, the first two games set up a whole bunch of mysteries and people, like, really excited to find out what's going to be resolved in in the third game in the series... And it's just like a whole bunch more questions and convoluted crap. And they're like, oh, fuck, I have to wait another 10 years for answers to this shit. Yeah. So, I'm hoping that they don't go down that route. I just want a fucking cohesive story told. And I'm fully on board to have it deviate entirely from the previous game. Fine by me. Yeah, I guess I am. I guess I am. It's nice to have like a a different story. Yeah. Uh, At the same time, I wouldn't be mad if it was the same story. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't have been either. My initial expectation or want from the game was to basically just retell the story give us a little bit more character building backstory stuff what i got instead was a bloated mess of the first six hours of the original game spread out to 35 hours but at least the last couple of hours threw new stuff out and i was like all right cool i'm on board if this is going to be a rebuild of the evangelion situation and we're going to go down another route totally fine with me but just yeah please for the love of god do not make the next few games bloated yeah, please don't. Yeah. And I think they will. <laughs> I don't know. Because this is what gets me excited about the ending is now that they're potentially going to go in a new direction, it gives them the freedom to actually explore new things. So, they're not going to be held back by being stuck in Midgar for 35 hours. Oh, man. I'm so glad. Yeah. But it, it does kind of beg the question of how they're going to do the traveling between areas. Like, obviously, the original has the open world top-down view of oh, yeah. cloud wandering around the world. They're not going to do that in a game this sort of size and scale and graphical quality. So, is it just going to be linear, or is it going to be like Final Fantasy X, where you use like a an airship to get between places, or you know, just go in menus? God, I hope not. Uh, I wouldn't mind. Uh, that was fine, but I am imagining it's going to be just linear corridors again. I have no problem with linear games. I'll just say that now. But yeah, is it going to be as cool? I don't know. Yeah, but. That is a problem, though, because in the, the original game, you could traverse an overworld. If you're going yeah. to scrap that, a lot of people are not going to be very happy. And I would be totally fine with just a scaled down overworld where you're driving around in like a chibi style fucking car or something, you know? Yeah, just literally like Nino Kuni style. Yeah. That'd be cool. I would love that. Yeah. It's just I don't think it would fit into the, the style that they're trying to, to convey. Yeah. Honestly, I just I don't think it would work. I have a hard time trying to predict what they're going to do with it. Um, we'll just, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Traveling between areas will just be cutscenes now. God. There is no open world. It's my prediction. <laughs> or it's just overly long dungeons. <laughs> oh, shit. Please, no more dungeons. Yeah.
Okay, so do you have anything else to add or are you happy to wrap it up? Um, you know what? I've actually, f- I forgot to mention the worst supporting character in the entire game. Chadley? Johnny. Oh my lord. Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. True. I actually forgot about him. He was annoying as fuck. I skipped most of his dialogue because I got bored of him. <sighs> it took me a while to figure out you can actually skip the dialogue by pressing triangle. <laughs> <laughs> But you better believe whenever Johnny was on screen, I was fucking trying to skip as much as I possibly could. Oh, and one other thing that really annoyed me was you spend so much of this game on your own with just Cloud and not a full party. True. That didn't bother me too too much, honestly. Uh, bothered me. But I, I guess I guess I know what you mean. I wanted to have a party together, doing the shit together, not constantly being separated and fighting battle solo again. I'm just like, ah, oh, so annoying. I kind of had an issue where you don't really know who you're going to be fighting with sometimes. This happened uh, more often near the end of the game. Yeah. Where you have like four potential characters and so you might set the materia up for some of them, but maybe you haven't got enough materia to, to go around all, all four of them, so you've only got like two or three of them. You put them on a the wrong character and then when you're in an actual battle, you find out that you're with two characters or, th- or three characters and oh, yeah. the one that you haven't set up is in your party <laughs> and it's that sort of problem and you can't change your material material in the battle oh yeah it's like well i'm a bit screwed now aren't i that was really annoying because i would set elemental uh, effects to yeah. my weapons sometimes and then i would mm. suddenly enter a boss fight where the element i have set is reduced damage on the boss i'm like oh for <laughs> yeah. fuck's sake <laughs> that happened to me as well yeah it's like come on okay well i suppose in the end it kind of did win me over which is surprising to say, considering that we went in really hard on it in the in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, when I think back about my experience, I am actually glad that I played it. But more than that, I'm glad that I didn't spend any money on it. Because if I did, <laughs> I think my opinion would be completely opposite. But for as much as this game pissed me off and hugely disappointed me in the quality of what I expect from Square Enix and from modern AAA games in general nowadays. I mean, look at games like fucking Uncharted. Like, that's old as shit now. That's AAA. We should be getting AAA experiences like that from Squaresoft or Square Enix. That's what I expect from a juggernaut like Square Enix. Probably unfair on my part to have such high expectations, but at the same Mm. time, fuck, man, get some quality control so you can sort out those goddamn (laughs) textures. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Who do you think yeah, you are? Yeah, honestly, the textures. Please, please. Yeah. We need those textures back. God, it's it's not like you're fucking... Uh, oh, what's that? Compile heart. It's not like your compile heart that churn out the same fucking RPGs, the same assets over and over again. Like, we expect more. But yes, anyway, overall, I actually think that despite having it be a massive slog and it definitely needed 15 hours cut from it, I did like it overall i think <laughs> yeah i can't really decide <laughs> okay I'll just, I'll just say there are there are good bits there are bad bits i think if you are a fan of the original then you will really like this maybe <laughs> I'm, I, everyone i spoke to or heard from who was a fan of the original uh or especially who has nostalgia for the original really likes this because it they see it as like what they imagined in their head when they played the original but come to reality, that yeah. sort of thing. And I can see that. It's definitely that. It's it's a huge improvement on graphics. It's, like, amazing. But the, the story and the characters and stuff, they kind of... And the and the, the padding and the length, it's... Yeah, 
that what that's what makes it difficult for me to kind of recommend but yeah you know it's it's not a bad game at all it's not i just hope that the second and third parts and fourth and whoever knows how many parts they do i just hope they they take it in the right direction at yeah. this point it's it's just the wishful thinking you know fingers crossed that they don't fuck it up do you think that you would buy the sequel in the future or play it at least um potentially i mean i I'd, i would give it a go yeah i would not want to be paying much for it yeah and chances are it's going to be on next or well, current gen the ps5 system anyway so it's still a few years off it's got to be <sighs> yeah it's, it's years off yet yeah i'm not in a rush to <laughs> for it to come out and to play it yeah That's true all i'll say just to give you context, um, last night I started playing Red Dead Redemption 2, uh-huh. and I think the first two hours of that are better than all 40 hours I've played in Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know... First two hours of Red Dead 2 as well are considered to be the slowest. <laughs> I know, but to be honest, with the Red Dead games, I really like the slowness. I really just like okay. enjoying the scenery, the talking, the just riding your horse. I love that shit, man. Yeah. So it's really different shit for different people. Yeah, true. Um, For me, look, I will probably play the sequels. I just hope that they get the pacing right and I hope that they get the gameplay loop right because I think the gameplay loop is the biggest problem I have. Today, I was playing Shin Megami Tensei 4 on 3DS. I've played that game for 60 hours so far and it hasn't bored me. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake... 35 hours, and I was bored for the first maybe 20, 15 to 20 hours. So, the loop of gameplay, I can play a longer game, no problem, as long as it's fun. And I wasn't getting that from Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I want that satisfying, rewarding gameplay, and I wasn't getting it. So, yeah. it just felt really constrained and uh, claustrophobic. And Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked um, more freedom. That's That's definitely... One thing that would have improved my outlook on the game entirely. Yeah. I think I came into it with the with the hope that I would have like a similar story, looking nice, modern gen quality, and have the freedom to explore Midgar much more than I, than I got. And because of that, I was disappointed. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I can only just hope like in the second part, you get far more exploration, more optional stuff, more side quests, yeah. more important and impactful side quests. Yeah, and well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I just want a full party of characters and the freedom to decide when I want to go out and fight shit and when I want to go out and do quests and stuff and the freedom to go back to previous places without being constrained by a whole heavy shitload of, of fucking cutscenes and or sewers that I have to crawl through to get back to a previous <laughs> section. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Anywho. And less switch puzzles too, because they are literally just <sighs> things to add time to the game. Look, I know there's a really annoying mini games in the original, but they were worse here. <laughs> they made that worse. Yep, I agree. <laughs> okay, well, overall... I think it weighs out for me to be slightly more positive. So, I'm thinking 60% I liked, 40% I hated. So, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. All right. I'm, I'm going to go for that too. That seems fair. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, what are we playing next time? So, we are going to be changing things up a little bit. And next time, rather than a massive RPG, we're going to be jumping into Vanquish. Oh, yes. I'm actually really excited to play this. I've had it on Xbox One in the Bayonetta Vanquish remaster set. Oh, sweet. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, I'm keen to play it because I've never played it before. 
I I, ha- I have, but um, I am looking forward to it. Oh, okay. So, should also have a disclaimer at the end here. Now that we're both going to be working full time, our schedule for releasing episodes is probably going to be less strict depending on our availability to get things done. So, yep. if things take an extra week or two, so be it. We'll just release them as they're ready. And that's that. We're not going anywhere other than that. <laughs> just yep. might be a different schedule. <laughs> All right. Let's get away from our sponsors. Who you got today? So, this episode is brought to you by Schwarzkopf <laughs> Got to Be Beach Mat Hair Paste for Surfer Looks. Do you want to get your hair looking like clouds? This is the product for you. Nice. <laughs> All right. And my sponsor has sent through a little jingle that needs to be sung. So, here we go. <laughs> <clears throat> Got a call from Sue's our daughter, something had destroyed her. The wedding place in town had just burnt to the ground, so the guests are coming here to a mess that's more severe. Ajax spray and wipe made everything alright. Makes cleaning oh so easy. It's <laughs> tough on all things greasy. The wedding was a hit, the house looked great, I will admit. So thank you. Ajax spray and wipe. Thank you. Magnifique. That was you <laughs> slapping your balls against... Uh, the mic. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's whenever you sing, I get a little bit excited. And it's not really singing. It's just saying things melodically. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious. That was maybe our best sponsor yet. <laughs> I wish they would actually pay us. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us this episode, and we will see you in the next one. Yep. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye, Z. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.